It's time for Advanced Medicine Monday with Dr. Rashid Batar. I'm a doctor, not a bricklayer. I'm a doctor, not a mechanic. I'm a doctor, not a coal miner. The doctor is in. He's actually a lot more than a doctor. He's Dr. Rashid Batar, and he's joining us now. Advanced Medicine Monday begins officially. On your market set, go, Dr. Batar. <laughs> Hey, Robert. How are you? Doing well. I'm excited, as always, to get get together with you. And I'm thinking about this before we get into the topics. We're I think we're about two months away from being together at Autism One in Chicago in May. I finally submitted my lecture. Of course, we're doing a whole big thing to you know open it up Thursday evening, I believe. But uh, are we ready? Are we are we going to rock this place? We are. I think that. Um... Terry had kept on asking us to submit some user or uh, lecturer information to get some badges. So I know I'm glad you said that because I don't think I've done that myself. So oops, <laughs> I'm glad you just brought that up. <laughs> yeah, I, I finally submitted it over the weekend. I was just, it, you know how it is, as busy as you are and I am, it's difficult to even take the time to do that. But we will be there. Looking forward to that, and we'll give you more information as it gets closer. Uh, but, Dr. Bittar, there's a lot of stories that I'd like to cover with you, and you uh, so sanely on the break said we can't cover them all because we only have an hour, and the question is what do we cover first? Well, I, I, you know, I think that any one of those topics is going to be excellent, and I honestly think that we could probably do a whole hour on any one of them because there were so many of them that you mentioned. Yeah, I, I think one that, that really jumps out at me is this so-called shocking connection. Um it's something we've talked about over the years, but this, this article kind of put it all together. It said 97% of all terminal cancer patients previously had a particular dental procedure known as a root canal. 97% of terminal cancer patients all had root canals. Come on, really? Well, we know this to be a true statement. I'm a little curious. Is this in the conventional media or conventional medicine that they've actually brought this up now, or is this something you're talking about from the cavitation standpoint? Yeah, it's it's definitely not the, something that the the so-called mainstream medical mafia media is acknowledging here. It is someone that's really uh, very aware of the dangers of root canal and has assessed that. goes back and references Weston Price and others that uh, acknowledge the issues of cavitation, having a dead tooth in there. But, again, even a lot of people hearing this that maybe have heard that root canals might not be a good idea may not have recognized how often they are related to cancer manifestation in the body. Yeah, it's a, it's a huge problem. And if you start looking at the acupuncture meridians and you look at each tooth, each tooth has a intimate relationship with the functioning of uh, a specific organ system. And I remember when the first time I learned of that, it was very surprising. But there are actually diagrams that show you which tooth is tied with which system. And it's extraordinary when a person comes in and they have a certain medical problem. And then they go to the dentist and you ask the dentist which tooth, you know, can you check their teeth? And they say, well, yeah, it seems like there may be a problem with the, you know, this particular tooth. And you get the number, you look on the chart, and sure enough, you know, the liver is an issue, and that tooth is supposed to be tied into the liver. So it's pretty extraordinary how that's happened in the past, at least in my experience, but uh, it's not, that's not surprising. So when you said that we have to cover the story, my question was, is this story something that's just been brought up in conventional 
medicine, or is this something that you're talking about from our non-conventional media source? This is something that was put out. Yeah, it's a non-conventional media source that's acknowledging it. I, I think I would be shocked about some things that are happening because we talk about consciousness shift and have for years together here that might be a, a bridge too far for them to acknowledge that basically the dental profession is culpable in so many cases of cancer and that doesn't even get necessarily into the mercury connection which is also on top of the root canal issue right well here so let's talk about that for a second first of all when they do a root canal when they build up the base it's usually amalgam that they use to build up that base so that is usually a component of it, but that's not just the only issue. And the root canal, because when they pull the root of the tooth out, there's nerves and vessels and all this other stuff, and they usually just leave it. And then as it heals, it forms a pocket. It forms like a layer on top, and then you've got this pocket uh, that is that gets infected essentially in this uh, subclinical, low-chronic type of uh, uh, infection that wears down the immune system weeks after weeks, months after months, years after years, and that's one of the issues. So if you have a cavitation, essentially it's this pocket that's formed of the subclinical infection. When I say subclinical, I mean it's not enough to cause a fever and you're not really aware that you're sick, but it's, it's, it's in other words, it's under that clinical uh, radar when you realize that you're sick, but it's constantly wearing down your immune system. And so that's part of it, the mercury amalgam issue that they use to build up the basin root canal is part of it. But here's an interesting factoid, and I think we've covered this before in... Uh, on our show, Robert, but 95%, mm -hmm. I believe it's 95% of all pathology, maybe it's 90%, um, somewhere, but 90 to 95% of all pathology begins in the mouth. Did you know that? Mm. Yeah, it, it is something we've mentioned before, and of course, going back to the dentists who have become awake and aware and alive compared to the rest of the, mer the mercury-filled dentistry that still exists, uh, they recognize it too, and you know, not only the mercury that you mentioned, which is a huge thing, and you kind of laid it out there that it's a slow, insidious degradation so that years or decades later when the cancer arrives, they have what they call plausible deniability to say, no, it couldn't have been us because we put this in years ago. But the point is, right. that's the point. It's like it doesn't happen overnight. Yeah, it's a, it, it, that's exactly right. It's that chronic insidious component of it that makes it so difficult to, one, be aware of it. And because it's subclinical, the individual never even realizes that they're sick or there's they, something that's wearing them down slowly over time. So um, the 95, 90 to 95% of all pathology starting in the mouth, that was something that I came to a realization after being at a conference and somebody mentioned it. It was actually a functional medicine conference. And I couldn't believe that. And then I started looking into it. And sure enough, that, that, that's a number that keeps on coming up. I, don't, I apologize. I don't remember if it's 90 or 95%, but whatever it is, it's something very significant that it all starts in the mouth. So it's not really that my far off a stretch of imagination if you think of it 97% of all cancers have a root canal. That's, it's not really a surprising thing if you say 95% of all disease starts in the mouth anyway. So it's 2%. Right, right. right. It corresponds to what, what you already know to be true and what you've seen. And, and again, I've, I learned about this connection initially from some of these uh, IAOMT dentists that were actually seeing it in their practice. They were coming in, people would come in with tooth problems particularly root canals that were problematic, and they also linked a cancer that existed in it. Now, they, they already had the cancer coming in. They started seeing patterns with certain teeth manifesting as breast cancer, and women particularly. So you talked about the meridians again, a part of dentistry that was kind of abandoned except for those who were truly holistic in their view of the body. Yeah, exactly. And this is something that 
um, the use of the meridians or the awareness of the meridians is such an important component. And I think a lot of people have heard about meridians. A lot of even the conventional docs will, you know, everybody's heard about acupuncture. But when you think about acupuncture, you think about these meridians within the body. You don't think about the, the energetic pathways going through certain teeth and that they all go through the teeth. Uh, in fact, uh, the reflexology points on the feet, again, similar thing. It's, it's very fascinating to me how it's all connected. So you've got all these organ systems. There's certain pressure points in the feet that are related to certain organ systems. There's certain teeth that are related to certain organ systems. There's certain points on a hand that are related to certain organ systems. So really, truly, it's all connected. You know, that old song, the knee bone's connected to the ankle bone, the ankle bone connected to the foot, whatever mm-hmm. that song is. It really is intimately connected, and it's not just a connection that's sequential, but it's very integrated in the sense that if you were to draw this out, each point is going out to different things. The liver, it has a dental point, a foot point, a hand point. You know, the the kidneys have a dental point, a foot point. I mean, I'm sure there's other places too. So it's truly a complex system, and getting constant feedback from other systems, it's no wonder how amazing the physiological system is. And even more reason yeah, and why also we the, understand that we, we shouldn't be using drugs mm-hmm. to, you know, block these things right. because we don't know what the hell we're blocking. Well, yeah, exactly. And also the, the concept of a tooth being a living part of the body that they kill purposefully in a root canal, and then suddenly now it's a festering place for all kinds of, as you call it, subclinical infections. Sometimes they manifest more uh, overtly, but it is, becomes a seed point for disease in the body. Right, right, exactly. So I think that people just being aware of this, that's a good place for them to start because now awareness is half the battle. Once you're aware that there's an issue, that's half the battle. Unfortunately, a lot of people don't even realize that it is a battle. Uh, So they're they're going into the situation without even realizing that there's an issue. People go in and get a root canal done, don't know it's an issue. I'm surprised how many people go in and get a filling done thinking that they don't use mercury anymore. Oh, they stopped that 15 years ago, and they're getting amalgam. When we talk to patients about this, I I can't tell you how many times Robert does it. Oh, no, no, that's not mercury. That's a silver filling. (laughs) No, silver fillings are mercury fillings. Yeah, the, the dupe is on. Very much the same way where people will say, oh, Dr. Batar, there, there's no mercury in vaccines. They pulled them out, you know, some years ago, right. which we keep having to reiterate. No, they didn't. It's still there. And, it, yep. it, you know, the message is not getting out through the old media. That's what, you know, part of what we're doing together. Exactly. That's exactly right. Well, the nine steps to keep the doctor away. If you're new to the Advanced Medicine Monday, we do this medical rewind, all of the archives, hundreds of hours now, in fact, with Dr. Batar and I covering a whole lot of topics. Fantastic, easy access. Invite your neighbors, your friends, your family members if they're not aware of this. Go to medicalrewind.com. They'll plug right into it and tap into an extraordinary amount of healing. And get the nine steps to keep the doctor away. International bestseller. We'll be back. We'll continue our discussion of causes of cancer and how to reverse it. Maybe add to the mix the fracking chemicals that, weirdly enough, the EPA says they don't exist. Or if they do exist, they're not harmful and they're not polluting the water table. Can chelation pull those things out, too? We'll ask Dr. Batar after this break. Live around the world. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Robert Scott Bell. All right, 
Dr. Batar is with us, as he is every Monday, kicking off the week here, Advanced Medicine. Uh, all the links are uh, you can actually get to uh, the Medical Rewind, as well as the nine steps to keep the doctor away and Dr. Batar's office, should you like to see him as a patient. Uh, the number here right now to call in if you have a question or comment, 866-939-BELL, 866-939-2355. You can leave messages 24-7, and we can answer them on the next Advanced Medicine Monday as well. Uh, Dr. Batar, in addition to the mercury and other things that dentistry has done, uh, we talk also about the FDA. I, I mentioned them last hour along with the EPA because a new, uh, let's say, revelation is that the EPA actually knew internally with documents that have been revealed now that the fracking, that is the, the hydraulic fracturing of driving water deep into these wells to release the natural gas, is poisoning the water table. Wells are being poisoned with uh, manganese, arsenic, methane, etc. And here we have another case in point of these agencies of the federal government designed, at least in theory, to protect the public, actually protecting the industry. Now we got to compound the problem of toxicity with even more. Well, at a certain point, these kind of stories are going to get, they're going to lose their pizzazz because it's constantly going on, right? We we hear virtually on a weekly basis how one governmental agency dropped the ball and what we thought they were supposed to be doing and what we thought their agenda was and what their entire mission statement was was actually nothing but uh, false pretense and in underlying there was something else that was going on. We see this with the military. Uh, we see what happened with our soldiers being deserted in Benghazi. We see this with the FDA. We see this with the Federal Trade Commission. Uh, is it surprising that we see it with the IRS? Now, we, is it surprising that we're seeing it with the EPA? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. But in the meantime, the real the real casualties, Dr. Bittar, are the folks that are coming to see you and other health care providers that we hope and we pray actually know how to undo the damage because it's getting more complicated the more toxic load or burden we put on the body. Well, that's true. Uh, I mean, and that's going to be anything that is. I guess I was talking more from a more from a global perspective there, Robert. That you know, is it a, mm-hmm. is it a surprise that this is happening again? But um, as far as for individuals, this is the whole reason for. And I did a radio interview a couple hours ago, as I told you, with somebody mm-hmm. with another different uh, a radio show, but uh, a podcast show. But one of the things they were talking, they asked me at the end was if you could give people advice as to the you know doing one thing what would be that one thing that you would recommend she was you know asking me from a perspective of you know what kind of treatment or what kind of a, you know supplement or what type of a food uh, dietary type change you know and i told her i said it was a global answer and that is become empowered with knowledge learn the truth find the truth search for the truth and then when you know what the truth is do things that are necessary in order for you to protect yourself i mean to sit back and rely on a body, uh, whether it be a governmental body, whether it be a professional organization, an association of physicians, or whether it even be on, I mean, regardless of who, even, even our show, even if it's going to be on a radio show, mm-hmm. you first decide what is a reliable source of information, and then empower yourself with the knowledge that you gather, and then take action, because... There's no single thing that you can do except for empower yourself with knowledge and then take action upon that knowledge. That's going to prevent you from being a victim. And that's what this all comes mm. down to. Whether you're talking about becoming a victim um, to the food that we're being fed right now, uh, genetically modified stuff, or 
if it's a victim of the medical system or it's a victim of um, misbranding or misinformation uh, that's been propagated by the Federal Trade Commission and lo- or, or loud. Because here's the thing that's, that's interesting. If the agenda that they have furthers their, um, their masters, then it's okay. But yes. if it's somebody that, mm-hmm. that it's not, then it's gonna, they're going to make a big deal out of it. Like the EPA you were talking about, this, all this stuff that uh, in Rand Paul's book about how the EPA came after and essentially ostracized and demonized some private individual who had a farm. You've seen those stories, right, And about the EPA contamination of something or the other, and they didn't even do anything. It, it, it had nothing to do with them, but they made such a big deal. I don't remember all the details of the story, but it's in Rand Paul's book. And yet, mm-hmm. then when we're talking about chemicals that are causing a problem, well, they don't exist, and they're and if they do exist, they're not as bad as uh, they're made out to be, and that they're safe. So again, it depends on you know who are their masters and what is the agenda right, of their right. masters and whatever you know. It, it's like anything else; we just have to be the only way to protect yourself against that is becoming empowered with knowledge and understanding what what the truth is. That's a great answer. And, of course, the most common question we get when we go out in the, out in the world and do our conferences and healing, what's the one thing? And it's like, no, it's everything. But the one thing, as you said, starts with empowering yourself with the knowledge, the facts, the truth, reminding yourself what we remind you each and every week here and every day, that the power to heal is yours. Dr. Batar is with me. It's Advanced Medicine Monday. We'll talk about some empowering ways you can unplug and detoxify from all of this and more so that cancer is not in your future. Next. Hello. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. You're amazing. You are something else. Robert Scott Bell. Bell. He has both style and substance. Robert Scott Bell. 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 How much power do talk radio hosts really have? This is transformational, and it's awesome. The Robert Scott Bell Show. The Robert Scott Bell Show. All right, rocking the health world as we do each week with Dr. Rashid Batar, Advanced Medicine Monday. I mentioned... All the time, because we have new listeners from all over the world listening in. And if you have not yet gotten the international bestseller, The Nine Steps to Keep the Doctor Away, you know, when someone asks, well, what's the one thing I can do? Well, one thing you could do, in fact, in my PowerPoint presentations everywhere I go, Dr. Batari, I still have your book in there, along with Liam's official stories. And you know why, because we want to, you know, reform the perspectives that people have about what they thought was real. And... We talk about transformation of consciousness. The nine steps to keep the doctor away plays a huge and vital role in transforming our understanding of how how we got to proceed in life so that we can answer that question for ourselves. What is that one thing we can do? And for each person, it's going to be a different thing, Robert. Um, it, it may be a different point that they're going to start at. Some people may start on a dietary thing. Some people may start on a... On a um, transformational healing process based upon what they've just gone through with the family member. Uh, you know, every, every everybody's going to be different, and the point is, it's the destinations are all the same, but where we start and and how we go about doing it may be different from different people, mm-hmm. different individuals. Constraints may be different for people. Logistically, it may be difficult for people, depending on you know what was being expected of them or what they expect from themselves. So the point isn't, as you just said. It's not the the one thing. It's it's everything. And where do you start? And you start wherever mm-hmm. you start wherever you need to start to you know 
move in the right direction. Where, yeah, wherever you are. I mean, let's say somebody's on the 10th step or rung of the ladder. Do they necessarily need to go back down the first if they're already there? I mean, you're going to get that no matter where you are in your awareness, I believe, in the nine steps. You're going to find out, well, there's some steps I hadn't considered in ways that you've, you, you've interacted with it. As we talk about the toxicities, it's not just physiological toxicities like we already have discussed in terms of mercury and amalgams and, and the fracking chemicals. These are very real, but there are also a- aspects where you've talked, and we both talked about this, cancer that you can clear their bodies of all the toxic poisons and they have some sort of spiritual toxicity or belief system and they can't heal even though you've taken care of the physiological problems right right because they are so it's so uh, multifaceted you're absolutely correct so if we're going to get through all of the confusion, because let's be honest, I mean, when people come to these seminars and are asking questions or the families that are dealing with loved ones, children who have been damaged by vaccines, whether it be at Autism One, they're all looking for a way out, and, and we're, we want to support them in that way out. But you're right, the pathway for each one of them, there may be common factors to all of them, but what would apply to one kid may not be the identical path for an, for another. Exactly. There are some certain universal principles that will be the same, but in which order and, and, you know, for example, if we talk about autism, and I'm glad you brought that up as an example, that mm-hmm. is, it's always going to be a mercury issue, okay? However, it could be a vaccine for one child. It could be maternal amalgam load in another child. It could have been a speciation issue in another child. Um, it could be one child that was just bombarded with a lot of mercury, and he's going to come out of it relatively easily because his uh, genetic pathways, his genetic predisposition is not that compromised, whereas another child may have only a little exposure, but their genetic pathways were so compromised that it had a greater impact on them. So every everyone's different. That's the bottom line. Yeah, and of course, the medical community would do what we've... Uh, there was a story that I haven't really covered, Super Don, and I wanted to cover this as well. What is the reason doctors evidently are prescribing in record numbers to their patients... Sedatives. Sedatives. What the heck's going on that everybody seemingly needs a sedative? Well, is that a rhetorical question or you're actually asking that? Well, a little of both. I mean, I still I think the folks want to hear from you on a question like that as well. What the heck is going on? Well, um, why is the antidepressant category of medication the most prescribed form of medication in the United States. More than 50% of Americans are on antidepressants. Why is that? Yeah. I well, we, we already know that... I was just going to say the psychiatric community acknowledges, even though they begrudgingly do so, that they don't know what a chemical imbalance of the brain is. They never established a baseline. Right. I mean, But what I mean is, well, uh, the quest, the, what I was trying to answer was the the from a rhetorical standpoint at least you know a, a psychiatric mm-hmm. drug or antidepressant is really a blunting type of a drug you know it's a sedative is a blunting type of a drug it's in other words it's blunting your response so that you're not as aware of reality and um so i i would probably give more of a a liam chef type of answer maybe <laughs> <laughs> that's cool yeah so but i i honestly think that it's Again, part and parcel of that same agenda that we've talked about before, Robert. I think that sedatives mm-hmm. are the next uh, component of giving people medications. 
that may be more socially acceptable than anti-psychiatric drugs or psychotropic drugs or, right. or antidepressants. So I think it's part and parcel of the same issue. Isn't that a number, uh, another uh, tacit acknowledgement of the failure of a doctor to really address the issue? It's like, well, we don't know what it is. We're not going to say that, but here's this medicine that blunts, as you say, the feeling about everything, the fact that you're, you're anxious, you can't sleep. We'll not address the real reason, but here, just take this. Absolutely. I mean, you, you know that's a huge problem. Absolutely. That's it's a tremendous if you think about it, it's just a tremendous admission of failure. It's a tremendous admission of incompetence on the part of the provider by giving somebody something to blunt the response. Now, you know, if, if you're saying that this person, there's nothing left for them, they're going to die, and I'm going to take their pain away so that they can transition without any pain. Okay, mm-hmm. there is an acceptable reason to blunt somebody's response. But for anything else, why? Why are you going to blunt their response? If they've got pain, that's your body's own innate mechanism designed by the ultimate engineer to tell you to do something because there is a problem. It is your feedback system. It is the flashing light on your dashboard of the car saying do something. And if you go in there and you take that flashing light out, you have not done any service to yourself, to to the individual, I mean, to the, I mean when I'm talking to patients, the patient hasn't done any service to themselves, but the patient isn't the one who's supposed to know this. And that's why they're coming to a doctor, and the doctor's not doing any service to the patient by blowing that response and taking that fuse out so the light's no longer flashing. And I try to explain mm-hmm. to patients, and, and you and I have done this before at the advanced medicine seminars, same type of concept. Okay, you bring your car into a mechanic. You tell the mechanic, I've got this flashing you know, light in my dashboard. The mechanic says, yeah, no problem. Let me, I can fix that. And he takes a hammer and hits it and knocks that light out. Are you going to say, oh, thank you, Mr. Mechanic, I'm glad you fixed my problem, or are you going to look at that mechanic and say, what the hell are you doing? Right, Why right, not exactly. Why the same thing with the doctors? That's, that's our response. That should be the response of the public to the doctors, that you are, you know, taking the flashing light out of my dashboard. There's a knocking sound in my engine. Here, turn up your radio. It'll fix it. Well, no, I can still kind of hear it. Here, put <laughs> earmuffs on now. No, I don't hear it anymore. Okay, well, great. Got, got that noise fixed. That's not how the Right, no, works. I, I, I love it. Not, that's how nothing I love works the question that, that you're asking. The what the hell are you doing, doctor? That's you know that's like 101 for patients. Ask the question, challenge them, and if they if you don't like what you're hearing, and if they just want to give you an antidepressant or a uh, some kind of sedative, then you better find another doctor because you're going to be you're going to be unconscious by the time if you're not already unconscious by the time you go to the doctor. Well, you know, Robert, it's actually funny. One of my patients said to me, he said, uh, he said, I think that the reason you've been attacked, Dr. Vitar, is not because of what you're saying. He said, I think the reason you're being attacked is because the questions you're telling people to ask threatens the entire, but by, by, by asking, by saying things, that's one thing. But by telling people to ask certain questions, you now take away the power from the people that are vested in the status quo, and that's where the threat really lies. It was an interesting, uh, it was an interesting observation from this patient of mine. But the more I think about it, the more I think he might be right. And I think that's one of the reasons that the, our radio show is doing the same thing because we stimulate that thought in the individual to start asking the right question.
Oh, yeah, exactly. When you ask the right question, then you'll either, uh, let's say, root out the problem, whether the problem is the doctor, which in, in a lot of cases it can be, or whether it helps a sincere doctor that's open to it to find the real uh, let's say the source of the problem, and then you can actually endeavor to embark on a different course of action. Like we talked about the big question, what's the one thing I need to do? And as I say, correcting things physiologically is, yes, it's important. We wouldn't deny the importance, but if you don't get your mind right, your spirit right, and all of that, your actions physiologically are not going to be in congruence with the healing that you claim to desire. You're absolutely right, Robert, except for one thing that you said, which I disagree with. And you just said about the doctors, you know, being the problem, which many times they are. I don't think that the mm-hmm. doctors are the problem. You know that I have no tolerance and no patience, and, and I, I'm not accommodating towards doctors at all. You already know that. But I'm not trying to make an excuse when I say the doctors aren't the problem. It's actually the reliance, okay. the blind reliance that mm-hmm. individuals have on their doctors. The putting of the doctor on a pedestal. Well said, yeah. Without the doctor having proven himself, that's the problem. It has, it has to be, comes down to self-responsibility. An individual must take responsibility for their own actions. If a person puts their hand uh, and, and their faith and their trust in an individual, and that individual does not do what they tr- in, were entrusted to do, is it really the fault of the mm-hmm. person who was entrusted, or was it the fault of the person who was foolish enough to entrust something that sacred to somebody else. You know, they talk about financial investors. Put your money with your financial investors. Well, who's going to be more vested about your financial interests, your financial investor or yourself? Yeah, well, I don't have right. the expertise. Well, this... well, then get the expertise, you know, or, or yeah, exactly. somebody. So the, the, it's, it's, a, it's a sad, it's like the thing about the Second Amendment, you know, and the guns, of, you know, take the guns mm-hmm. away because the guns are dangerous and, you know, guns get... For God's sake, for that reasoning, then take away spoons because they're dangerous. They feed people, and that's why the United States is the most obese country in the, on, on the face <laughs> of the planet. They take away the spoons. Those are dangerous. You know, that's, a, that's an absurd, right, right. It, absurd, absurd logic. It just yeah, it's, logic. it reminds There's me of the story. I think, I, think, I think you've told us over the years, Dr. Batar, about the, the animals that wanted to cross the river, and there was a scorpion involved who promised he swore he wasn't going to sting you if you carried him across the river, and of course, halfway across, he stung you. That means they're both going to perish because... He's a scorpion, so if you expect your doctor, who all he's doing is drugging or shooting out the warning light or knocking it out with a hammer to do something different, then it's not necessarily the doctor's fault. You're worshipping something you shouldn't be worshipping, and you should be finding out what to do, and one of the ways you can do that is to get the nine steps to keep the doctor away. We're going to wrap it up with Dr. Rashi Batar, Advanced Medicine Monday continues here. DrBatar.com. You can check it out. The links are up in the show notes at robertscottbell.com as well. 866-939-2355. Hey, remember, if you ever have a question for Dr. Rashi Batar, it's not like you can call him at his office and ask him. He's busy. He's working. He's doing his thing. He's helping people. But when we're together here on Advanced Medicine Monday, you can't. Whether you want to call in live or leave a message at 866-939-2355, we can always play it back and answer it on another show. Or you can go to robertscabell.com and we'll answer your question. Now, my question to you, Dr. Batar, as we wrap up today's Advanced Medicine segment, and by the way, if you miss anything, go to medicalrewind.com. All of them are there. Uh, we talk about, of course, the mercury and other known toxic elements, heavy metals, etc., the chemical industry, the fracking industry, throwing things out there that are compounds of who knows what, never before in existence anywhere in nature. Are we screwed? Are we hosed? Can we apply the same methods that we do for a lot of these things 
to help folks out that are just highly intoxicated with things we don't even know what they are? I think, Robert, we can always do something in uh, understanding how the body works, how the detoxification pathways work, what we can do to optimize those detoxification pathways. These are universal principles that will benefit anybody uh, regardless of where they live, what they eat, you know, what they're exposed to. Um, obviously, certain types of situations may need additional support, more intervention, but the universal principles are all the same, i.e., increase liver function, increase and improve kidney function, improve skin, which is one of the largest organs of detoxification. In fact, what comes to mind is the AHEADMAP program, the Advanced Health Evaluation Assessment for Detoxification Medical Assessment Program. You know, what does it do? It bases uh, an individual's ability to detoxify based upon their own subjective SF36 patient outcome-based responses. So they're asked certain questions, they answer them. The cost of that to an individual is free. Uh, it's Actually, we only use it in our office right now, but it is, uh, it, we've been talking about this over the last nine months, a year, I think. Uh, it, mm -hmm. It's all done. We're just waiting for a couple of legal components to be uh, put into place, but it's uh, disclosure type uh, issues to be put into place. But this will be readily accessible to anybody, and I know that it probably sounds like this was an orchestrated question, and it wasn't. This is just a question that you just asked me. Uh, off the cuff, but the head map actually would be one place to start. But anything that enhances the ability of your body to detoxify, it is easier for the body to detoxify when it's alkaline, for example. So to remain as alkaline as you can, does that mean you have to go out and drink alkaline water? No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is the more green leafy vegetables that you eat, the less um, red meat you eat. I'm not saying eliminate all red meat. That's not what I'm saying. Balance is key, but as I suggest in the book, once every three days, eating a little bit of red meat. Most people eat red meat three, four times a day, sometimes um, even more frequently. Every meal has a red meat. You've eaten the, the steak or the bacon in the morning, and you have a hamburger for lunch, and you have a, you know, a steak at night or something like that. that. That's just way too much red meat. So more red meat, you're going to be more acidic. More acidic, you're going to have the tendency of the body to be able to eliminate is going to be reduced. Cancer thrives in an acidic environment. So, again, this is systemic pH I'm talking about. So try right. to be as alkaline as possible, try making sure that your liver is working as well as possible, your kidneys, your skin. Um, these are the types of things that, that we kind of talk about. The gastrointestinal system is, the, is a very major important component of detoxification. Is your gut working normally? How often do you go to the bathroom? Do you go to the bathroom once a day, twice a day, three times a day? Well, what's normal? Normal is how many times do you eat in a day? That's how many times you should defecate a day. So just understanding these basic principles. And, yes, there may be more components that you need to do if you've been exposed to certain types of chemicals, but overall, if your body can eliminate, your system is going to be able to deal with whatever assaults that it's had to uh, sustain far easier. Mm -hmm. So whatever chemical exposure you, that, that's assaulted your body or metals or whatever, your body, the ability to detoxify already will help you in a manner that will far exceed what you think even though it may not be everything that you need, it's going to be far greater than what you thought that your body needed. Right. Now, I had a call earlier today off the air I took from a man suffering with Morgellons disease, which, like, it's coming out of the X-Files, the bizarreness of Morgellons. And we talked about some strategies. One of the things I said, you have got to reduce the toxicological exposure coming in. 
food, water, air, because you're already at a point of overload. Uh, so that's a big part of the nine steps as well as we talk about here. We didn't even get to the pentavalent uh, vaccine killing people overseas. We're going to have to do that probably next week. But as I said, there are all kinds of layers of things to do. The nine steps to keep your doctor away, one of the best places to find them all in one place. I appreciate you saying that, Robert. It, it was designed to give people a primer, so hopefully people will find it to be beneficial. Beautifully said. Once again, Dr. Rasha Bittar, Advanced Medicine Monday, kicks our week into high healing gear. Together, sign up now. Get get registered. Autism One coming to Chicago in May of this year. We'll be there. Hope you will be, too. Until next week, of course, with more Advanced Medicine and Dr. Bittar, we simply are here to remind each and every one of you the God's honest truth that the power to heal is yours. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Robert Scott Bell Show.